Heidelberger back-to-back premiers. Kingston City and Pasco Vale go down fighting. Branson thinks Pulp Fiction is about a juice bar. And we preview the elimination finals. Ladies and gentlemen, it's episode 29 of the Semi-Pro Potty. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 29 of the Semi-Pro Potty. I am your host this week and every week, William Chambers. And to my right, my best mate, Branson Gibson. How are you this week, my friend? I'm very well, thank you, Will. How are you doing, mate? I'm very good. It feels like we've got some sort of closure to the league season so far. It's been Mm. a long 26-odd rounds of football. 26? 26. 26. Action-packed 26 rounds. Action-packed, and it culminated in... A kind of a, I think a lot of storylines that were sort of written throughout the year came to a conclusion this week, and unlike Game of Thrones, they were actually quite rewarding and quite good. I was, I was very happy with the weekend of football that we got. Well, a thrilling final day. Plenty of, uh, as you said, plenty of storylines at play here. Plenty of results that you know we were keeping a key eye on, and pretty much every game delivered. You know, in, in terms of yeah, excitement we, and, and and stuff happening. We didn't have too many games that were um were dead rubbers either. You know, there was. I think there was only the one out of the game. So every yeah. every team had a game to had a something to play for. Yep. Um, so that made it really really t- tasty. I think. Um, but before we get into the games, before we get into the results, the drama, the tension, the excitement. Woof. Kit bag this week. Kit bag. Favorite segment. Favorite, Favorite segment. One of our better segments. I think it's it's now up there. I mean, it could be overtaken by the movies Branson hasn't seen segment. <laughs> Yep. All random flag, but yep. kit bag is going to be in every episode. Yep. I'll, I'll be honest, I reckon I should go first, get the, uh, I mean, there aren't too many weeks where I reckon you've got the better kit on, but this might be one. We've got two different, two different approaches. You've got a really good one, and I've just got a really random one. Yeah. So you've got, I reckon you've got the looks, I reckon I've got the uniqueness whether that means mm, I mean, anything at all. But... <laughs> first time in my life anyone's told me I've got the look, so thank Ooh, you very much for that one, my friend. Glad I could help you out. So what I am wearing, though, is the home kit of the Maldives national team. Yep. Maldives, small island. Oh, Pacific island, yep. yeah. Well, what I like well not quite Pacific, Indian Ocean. Oh, near, really? Yes, near India and Sri Lanka. Yeah. So very fun little country. Uh their home kit, it's not too bad. It's red. It's got some white pinstripes, double pinstripes going horizontal across the front. And I just I just like it. Pretty classic kit. Pretty easy. Nothing too exciting. It's got a number seven on it. No idea who number seven for the Maldives is Probably or was. The, the Harry Kuehl of, of the Maldives. Maldives or Maldives? I've always said Maldives. I have no idea. Yeah, intriguing. Anyway, add us on Twitter. Um, what I do like about it is on the... Um, Crest, which I can only stands for like Football Association of Moldavia. Yep. Um, is it just says fam? Yeah, it's yeah. great. It's just like here's our here's our badge, fam. Yeah, it's great. You know, the Maldives, great country. Great kit. Go their national team. Woohoo! Yeah, I mean, it would be great if we ever had to play them in a World Cup qualifier. Australian mm. football would have had to have failed pretty miserably hard. Well, I think they got knocked out very early. So like pre this round, there was like you know Nepal taking on like. 
yeah. probably the Maldives. Yeah. Or Maldives. Um, yeah, give FIFA another decade, they'll probably be in automatic qualification. Yes, yes, expand the uh, expand the World Cup <laughs> to 240 participants, that'll get him in. Lovely. <laughs> oh, God. Lovely, but enough about the Maldives. Not that we speak about them for too much. much. Yeah. Yes, but for, for today we will move on and we'll move on to what you're wearing because it's it's good. It's very it's good. It's very beautiful. good. It's quite beautiful. So I'm wearing um, another Lazio kit. It's mm. two weeks in a row. I went on a little bit of a Italian jersey spending spree and I don't know what it is that I like about Italian football at the moment, but I think it was something that I sort of grew up with a little bit and it was always quite a romantic sort of part of the world for football. I think it was always like those real artisans of football kind of played or, or came from Italy. And, you know, one of my big ins for football was Marco Bresciano and he played in Italy for, you know, pretty much all of his career. Um, but anyway, I've gone back on a, a spending spree and I've got a, a, a Lazio kit. I think it's like late 90s. Um, it is beautiful. It's got everything I like. It's an Umbro kit. Yep. It is, uh, has collars. Has yes. like a collar to it. A nice collar... Very sort of, um, it's just a great looking kit. And then it's just got a really yeah, weird sort like of a, tessellating, yeah, obscure, pattern. obscure tile pattern going on. A bit kaleidoscope-like, but bloody hell, it's beautiful. And then beautiful. a good front of shirt sponsor, Banco Santo Spirito, which is just, you know, it's just great. It's not like a shitty Vodafone sponsor or anything. It's, nah. it's, it's of the region. So that is my kit. I, I think this is probably me done for kits for the foreseeable future. Yep. I've I've now got some really good ones in there, so yeah, couldn't be couldn't be more chuffed with this one. It's quite good. I quite like it. And do you know what else I quite like? Um, getting sentences correct. Yeah, did I not get one? No, correct? you were like, do you you know what I like? Yeah, hit or miss. I'll I'll give myself the benefit yeah, of the throw uh, some darts at a dartboard. You might get a twenty. Well, I'll give myself the uh, the benefit of the doubt there. I I think I got it. That's fine. But anyway, what we like is talking about football, and we have plenty of football to talk about this weekend. Title race all on the line. Heidelberg in the box seat. Two points clear of Avondale taking on South Melbourne. Mm-hmm. A win required for them to clinch the title. You watch this game. I follow the scores. Tell me about it, William. And a win is what they ruddy well got. Um, Heidelberg, obviously, premiers last year as well. They know how to do it. They've almost got success built into their club at the moment. They're probably what the are they the most successful NPL club. Oh, I don't know. I wouldn't say that. Oh, I, I, I don't know. I think it was something in some. I saw something about since 2014 when the NPL first division in Victoria was like the latest sort of like recording of, yep. of it. Pretty much was was there. They've won more things, but you know, no, add yeah, us I'd... on Twitter if we're wrong because we probably are. But yeah, look, don't know about that one. <laughs> what they do is, well, if you think of other clubs, it would it would be they've been South... at the pointy pointy end of every single season, pretty much. Well, recently, Heidelberg yeah. have, yes. But, you know, looking back on what well, Gully were really good in the mid-80s, 90s. Oh, no, I meant NPL. Like in oh, the, yeah, yeah. gotcha. So you're yeah. talking in the modern era. Oh, yes. okay. Double whammy. Yeah, don't know. Yeah, so they <laughs> definitely deserved this one because I think we've sort of spoken about them all throughout the season. We've spoken about them all throughout the season and it's one of those ones where we knew that they were probably going to stick it in at the end and... and like be the better team you know we thought that when they were really pushed they were probably going to get out on top 
far from the first match of the season where their lights went out and the game was called off and it was hilarious. Yes. You know, yes. they've they've now just pretty much come home with a wet sail and thoroughly deserved 3-0 win away to South Melbourne. Local rivals, you know, it's 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 the kind of the perfect fixture for them to to win it at. Obviously, I think they would have liked to have done it at home. But it was an emphatic win. Um Ellis scored first. Schiavo scored the second with an absolutely lovely back heel. Um, it was one of those balls sort of cut in across the penalty area. And just a nice little back heel, which always looks really nice on the highlights reel. And then I think the uh, cake was iced by Cartanis uh, in, in injury time. And it was just never a game that looked out of their control. South Melbourne had some good chances. There were some good saves. But it was really always going to be Heidelberg's day, I think. I don't think anyone was too surprised by that. But take some back-to-back premiers, and they finish top. 3-0 win, leading into the finals. What more could you ask for? I think it was a little bit interesting. You sort of mentioned it there. I think it is a little bit surprising, the fact that they finished on top. Just in terms of, like, you know, last year, they just seemed more more dominant, whereas this year they seemed more, more vulnerable. It seemed like for... Well, I mean, they were only on top. They only took the lead, you know, the second last week of the season. So for yeah. for most of the uh for most of the year they were not the most dominant team in the competition. Like they always seemed to be trailing Avondale, they were even trailing Bentley for a while and even in the second half, you know, that loss to Kingston, mm. a few sort of surprise results in there. So I mean, by no means have they sort of lucked into winning the league, but it just sort of seems like they kind of I don't know, for me almost came from, not came from nowhere, but just sort of like I think it was theirs to win. In the sense of, like, I think, well, okay, so Avondale, obviously, you know, skeleton in, the elephant in the room is Avondale bottling it completely. Yeah. But, you know, you look at Heidelberg and they've been there before, they know that you don't win it in the first 15 rounds. You know, they put together the right performances when I think they needed to. And, you know, case in point, that Avondale game is, that was the biggest time for them to perform and they performed. Yeah, well, yeah, they won the games they needed to. I think they've got one of those seasons under their belt where, you know, like you said, it's not the most... I think, sort of dominant display of winning a league, but you don't need to be dominant to finish on top points. Well, you know? it, well it's, sort of, it's sort of weird when you talk about, like, a single game. You know how they say, like, you know, good teams win ugly? Yeah. Holderberg almost sort of won the league ugly. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. like not ugly, but, like, they, yeah. they, they, they weren't on top. They weren't necessarily the front runner. They seemed more, I think we've used the phrase, get-attable throughout yes. the year. Like they, they, Great phrase. But they seemed a little bit more susceptible, not, not as... Uh, Invulnerable. Yeah. You know? No, I know what you mean, but look, they're there. One thing was I didn't really see much celebration afterwards. I think they definitely know that while the Premiers is good, you want the, the Champions grand final win. So, look, they pretty much won it, wrapped it up, and they were pretty much head down, ready to go into the finals. Um, so it'll be very interesting to see how that pans out. But, you know, we sort of spoke about it before. It was a very, very big win for Heidelberg United. Absolutely. 3-0 against South Melbourne. Avondale had to play Bentley Greens away, and they also won 3-0, but it would be to no avail given the result in the Heidelberg game. Brian, you had a look at that one, obviously. Um, talk us through it. Well, yeah, as you said, you know, interesting game. Avondale came into it still having a chance to win the league. Yep. I think you, Heidelberg had to win. If Heidelberg had drawn or lost... Avondale, Avondale won. Yeah, Avondale would have, would have caught up. So, as you said, you know, 3-0 win over Bentley... To no avail as far as the league table goes. But in terms of this game, I thought it was a, a, a very good performance 
from Avondale. They had to win, and they dominated. They played extremely well. One of the best games I've seen them play, I would say, in the entire second half of the season. Uh, I know the Hume City game, when they won 3-0 after that sort of purple patch, was quite good. This, I thought was even better. They had the intent. They had the intensity. They had players back from injury. They looked really composed as well from what I saw. Yeah. Like they were knocking the ball around the park with that sort of fa- same flair and vigour that they probably did in the first half of the season. Yeah. Yeah. I reckon you're spot on there. I reckon they just looked a lot more a lot more confident on the ball. Uh, Stefan Valentini and Scott Hillier scored midway through the first half to give Avondale the lead. 2-0 at the break. Stefan Valentini actually netted a one-on-one goal in the game against Bentley, which was interesting because he, of course, missed that golden opportunity against Heidelberg. I think it was like in the 84th minute, yeah. one-on-one that was saved by Heidelberg's keeper, White. So, you know, a week later, of course, the pressure isn't as immense. But, you know, he nets it. So that's got to be a good sign for, for Avondale going into the finals. Another good sign was the third player who found himself on the score sheet. Joey Katabian scored an absolute rocket uh, from 30 yards out late on the game to wrap it up. I reckon if Avondale can get him firing, if he performs in the finals, he will add a huge element to their team because he has had, to be honest, I would say pretty torrid season. Yeah. I think last year, you know, he was in the double digits for goals scored. I think this was maybe his second yeah. of, of the year. You know, he's had a few injuries coming off the bench, but... I just thought the entire Avondale team played well, but part of the thing that I thought was slightly concerning was how bad Bentley looked because I I just thought they they were terrible to be yeah. honest. I mean they looked they looked nowhere like so different from the side they they seemed to be early on this season, and there could be lots of reasons for that. Obviously, I think they're up to their third manager this year. J.A. gone, Yule gone. Mm. Uh, the, the, they've sort of plummeted in, in, in recent weeks from, you know, on top to, to second place to falling all the way down to, I think, now fourth. So uh, in this game in particular, I just thought they really seemed to kind of sit back. They kind of allowed Avondale to control a lot of possession. Yeah. And that's what Avondale love. Avondale love a chance to, you know, go out there and, and, and play football and knock the ball around. And, and Bentley just seemed to be happy for them to do that. And then on the flip side, Bentley going forward, they lack creativity. Absolutely. It just seemed like they would have the ball from the centre back and you just play a long diagonal and sort of hit and hope. And it just, it was a bit nowhere. So It's such a weird one for them as well because, like, you know, we can get to the end of the season, but they've got finals to play now. And, and we look at teams that are running into that finals with hot form and Bentley Greens are not it. I don't. I can't remember the last time they got a, a win. I know they've got a couple well, of draws recently. But... Well, winless in their last five. They beat the Magic 2-1, but then before that they lost, lost to Oakley and lost to the Thunder. Yeah. So winless in their last five and one win out of their last, I think, nine. Yeah. So or eight, sorry. Yeah, that's not great form running to the finals. And to be honest with you, I'm not expecting a lot from Bentley Greens in the finals. I think they... They've had pockets this season where they've looked good, but we're currently not in one of those pockets. And there's just teams in the finals with better better form than them. Yeah, well, absolutely. I really would be surprised 
if they if they win their final this week because yeah. they've just the past two months they've just sort of fallen off the face of the earth and yeah. they've been... which is not too bad because look they make finals look if if we talk about Port Melbourne being in their position we'd say Port Melbourne had a good year mm-hmm. and Bentley Greens um you know they probably I think probably based on some of the FFA Cup runs in recent years and everything probably think they're they should be performing higher than they are but yep you know I'd agree with that yep it's one where maybe it's not the worst season for them they didn't they weren't near a relegation scrap. They're probably not going to go too far in the finals, but it gives them a good a good foundation to build upon. Well, it's and it's interesting when you say like a poor season is finishing. I think in the end they finished fourth or fifth. Fifth, fifth. I think it was fifth. Yeah. Yeah, but you know they were on top early in second for a lot of the year. So when 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 you're talking about that kind of scope of things, you know it's yeah, it's it's not if the worst. Paul it's Melbourne like, had finished there, we would have been like yeah, amazing. It's like well it's yeah. like as a Fulham fan or any team who oh sorry any fan of the Premier League who isn't a fan of a top six club, when you hear, like, Manchester United complain, oh, it's tough to be a United fan, oh, you know, we're not in the Champions League, and you go, well, get over it, guys. Bury, you know, Bury United, they're about to fold, you know. Bolton Wanderers, there are teams in far worse positions. So, for Bentley, there are teams in worse positions than they are. So, And, ladies and gentlemen, if you're playing the semi-pro potty drinking game, which is whenever Branson mentions Fulham, yep. you would have had to have had a beverage then. Yep. Um... One team that is not lacking for form going into the finals, though, is a team that I think everyone should be watching week in, week out now, because they turned it around again. Oakley, three. Um, Green Gully, nil. Just a sick result for Oakley. They're just playing so well at the moment. I I would hate to play them in the finals. Well, absolutely. They are the definition of the informed team. In the competition, so another smashing result, three nil. Fashini gave them the lead early on. I think he scored in the thirteenth minute, uh, and then I think it was just five minutes after that, uh, Gully was shown a red card. Really, sort of put them behind the eight ball here. We were sort of talking about this game, sort of looming as a potential finals finals preview. You know, like a great great inside. There was still a lot to play for for both teams here. If Oakley had won, obviously they could have finished as high as third, a home final, and then it starts, you know, affecting the seedings, yeah. affecting the seedings for the finals and the semis and all that sort of stuff. But anyway, I thought Oakley just controlled this game from the outset. That that red card in the twentieth minute really kind of took the sting out of Gully. I thought if they if they were gonna stand a chance, uh, that they. Struggled to create chances, of course, as you would if you're down to 10 men. I think they only managed two shots in the first half, neither of which was on target. Uh, Their second half, though, was slightly better. They managed two shots again uh, in the second half, but one of them actually was on target. So 90 minutes of football, four shots, one on target for Green Gully. Hard to win a game like that. It's hard to win a game like that, particularly when the other team scores three. Yes. Like, I know that's that we're not great at mathematics on yep. this show, but mm-hmm. that is some simple mathematics that we're pretty good at. Well, for a long period, of, a long stretch of this game, Oakley were only up 1-0. I think it was uh, Geston White netted two goals late on after the 80th minute mark that really sort of put the the result beyond doubt. But, I mean, Oakley, the, they just seem to control the game from the outset and, and throughout. And the win, a smashing result, as as we said earlier, sort of caps off an absolutely remarkable run for the Cannons. 16 games unbeaten, storming into the finals. Abs- storming into absolutely the finals. unbelievable. One, one big thing from them as well is that, so they finished, because they were playing Green Gully, who were in third, 
and Oakley were in fourth last week. They finished third off the back of this result, but I think it was midway point of the season, so it was around about around twelve or thirteen. They were like in they were like in the relegation spot. They were not in yeah. relegation. They were they were in twelfth. Yeah, they... and so to go from twelfth to third in what has been a pretty you know it's been a pretty topsy turvy second half of the season. Granted, you know Avondale obviously bottled most of their games and. Heidelberg, like you said, dropped a couple of points. But Oakley have just been going up and up and up. And to finish third there is just ridiculous. I'm so happy for them. I think they played some excellent football in the meantime. That Avondale-Oakley game that we went to, that was just that will stand out in my mind as one of the better games of the season. And, you know, them going into finals, it's I really do think it's their... They're in control of their own destiny here because they've just got the best form of anyone. Well, it's absolutely remarkable because you mentioned sort of like their poor start to the season. They'd only won one of their first, I think, nine games. Yeah. Well, we were talking about like we were borderline sorry. starting rumors about managers being sacked. Well, and yeah. Well, it was sorry. It was actually one out of their first ten. So they'd only won one out of their first ten. Yeah. Then wins. Oh, sorry. Then go undefeated in sixteen games and finish as high as third. Like, that is absolutely unbelievable. And it I was mean, really... you'd, if, you'd, if you had seen any movies, you'd make a movie on this one. Like, this has got yeah, Mighty yep, Ducks yep, almost yep. written all over it. Yeah. If only you'd oh. seen Mighty Ducks. Oh, I have seen the Mighty Ducks. Have so, seen you it. You say that every week, but it's a lie. No, it's not. You Definitely think... have seen this one. <laughs> Definitely have seen this one. Um, what is it, Gordon Bombay? Yes, brand Nailed it. Coach Bombay. Yeah. What yep. does he get done for? Oh, I don't know, Some being, he's a lawyer or something and he has to do community service. I haven't and, seen it. So oh, yeah, yeah he's a lawyer. What he gets done, what's he gets, what's he what, do you mean, what do you mean he gets done for? Mate, why do you think he has to do community service? No, I don't know. Exactly, because you've not seen I it. I have. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Uh, so, Oakley, just bloody remarkable. Absolutely bloody remarkable. Very happy for them. Looking forward to them in the finals. Um, one thing out of this, though... Despite Green Gully not getting any points, Alex Salmon did pick up the Golden Boot Award yes. with 23 goals, which I'm secretly very happy with because it was one where Boland was challenging but had taken a lot of penalties. Well, I think Boland was on 22, and I think he'd scored 11 penalties yeah, this so year. so I'm happy with Alex Salmon with open goal, open play goals, free kicks. Um, he's, he's a good footballer. We spoke to him early on. If you haven't listened to the interview um, episode we had with him, Go back because his journey in football is, like many people, actually really interesting and just sort of, I think, sort of the way that he's got to this season to take home the Golden Boot. Obviously not a consolation for losing 3-0, but, you know, that's really good, I think. Well, well, here's the other thing. We talked about the remarkable season for Oakley. Let's talk about Gully for a second. We'll get into this a little bit later, but let's not forget that they were in the relegation playoff last year. So they've gone from relegation playoff to fourth spot. So that in itself is a remarkable turnaround. But... That's taking a look at three of the uh, of the games involving the top teams. Why did you give me this game next? The real tantalising battle, though, was down the bottom. Everything to play for. The Thunder, Kingston City, Paco, all had a chance to avoid relegation. All in action. They all played in some stunning fixtures. The first one we're going to talk about, though, Will. Hume City 1, Kingston City, if you don't mind, 5. Just absolutely bonkers and so the scenario here was I think if what was it Dandenong Thunder had to lose and Kingston and Pasco Pasco Vale didn't really uh, matter with this one if Kingston City won and Dandenong Thunder drew or lost then Kingston City would be in that 
um, relegation yeah, playoff yeah, spot. So, yeah, so pretty much their result had to be better than the Thunders, yeah. and they would have jumped them. And, and it's so weird, because they played so goddamn well. Like, this was a genuinely really good good game. Hume City, I really don't know what was happening, because it's not as though they're, like, finishing their season. They are sitting in, I think, about sixth or so after that performance. Um, so they've got finals football coming up, and they obviously want to go in with a bit of momentum. But Kingston City score four. Um, and it was four goals from four different goal scorers within a half an hour. Yeah. Like, was quite in, within the first half hour. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, so that was pretty much the game done and dusted. The The pick of the goal for the game, uh, the, pick, the pick of the goals in that game for mine was definitely though the Hume City one because it's a real... It's a real shithouse NPL goal, mate. It's like ball, like a ball gets played in, it gets cleared, then it gets played back in again. It gets kind of bumbled across the line. I feel like it goes past eight separate feet yeah. that could either clear <laughs> or score, and then it finally gets bundled home as the keeper decides to sort of come off his line a bit. So it wasn't a, it, there was no real like classic goals in this one, but you know, it's Kingston did absolutely everything they needed to do, but it was way mm. too little, too late. Yeah. Um and you know this is Kingston going down. I think I think they probably deserve to go down over the course of the season. Yeah, I reckon they were pretty they were pretty oh, nowhere some, for a long time. But then they had some like they had that bonkers game against Heidelberg and they've done this as well. So they've I don't know. I think they'll be I think they'll build themselves as a good NPL2 team. I think that'll be really entertaining. Um, but yeah, it was, it was probably not one that shocked everyone, but they played their hearts out in the last game and I thought that's what mattered, but to no avail because Bran, you had a look at the Danny Nong Thunder for Melbourne Knights one game and you know, Knights are beatable unless you're Avondale, um, and Dandy Thunder did absolutely everything that they needed to do in order to, to avoid automatic relegation. Well, absolutely. And it was just, uh, again, a good result for the Thunder because they knew their backs were against the wall in this one. They had to get a win, essentially. You know, a win was the only thing that would guarantee them survival or, like, relative survival in that in that relegation sort of playoff battle. And a win is exactly what they got. Brandon Barnes, their... Outstanding. He's the, so good. Their talisman, their, yeah. their hero, whatever you want to call it. Big game, big situation. He stepped up. First half brace... Netted a hat trick within the first sixty minutes. Three goals. The Thunder. I I didn't think they looked challenged. Oh, not challenged, but they seemed to look the better of the two sides. And again, you know, it's sort of it's sort of tricky when you look at you know the Kingston result. Hume did not put out their strongest lineup. You know the yeah, Knights. Yeah. So and you know the Knights. Don't I still have just a... don't believe in that. Like even even as like a Hume City not putting out their strongest team, you don't get beaten by Kingston City five one. But you know, no, but it's just, they do. no, but it's just so interesting when you got teams that have something to play for. Like Kingston had to get a win. Dandy Thunder knew they had to get a win. Yeah, the Knights, it didn't really matter. You know, like it, it, it just didn't matter for them. And I think what it sort of came down in to this one, and it's going to sound very cliche, but I just thought the Thunder wanted it more. Yeah. You know, I just thought they showed... I mean, the night, it shouldn't surprise us the Knights put in another listless performance. Like, yeah, it's this well, becoming week in, week out, and it's annoying the living daylights out of me. But, you know, it like you said, Dandong Thunder, they needed something out of this, and they played like they did. And I think for them to have that... I think, like, we were talking about it before, of Green Gully 
being in their spot this season. Dandy Thunder could be on for a Bolton next year. We got two Dandy teams in the NPL again next season, and it did not look like that was going to be the case for most of this season. No, no, and yeah, no, absolutely not. So they've managed to to survive despite shipping the most goals by far <laughs> in the league. Brandon Barnes, it? Brandon Barnes well, is the reason for that though, because he has netted an absolute. Ten a penny. Well, I think he scored. I think he scored nineteen. I want to yeah. say. I think he scored nineteen for the year. Yes, he did. Yeah. Nineteen for the year. Well done. So not too bad at all. Doesn't help when your team concedes seventy <laughs> goals, which is just a cool, <laughs> a cool seventeen goals more than the team who actually finished on the bottom. So for the Thunder, look, you know, the one thing is they're not out of the woods yet. They will have to face an NPL team, yeah. and you know it comes down to one game. Anything could happen. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm seeing a lot of I'm seeing a lot of positivity around Dandy Thunder at the moment. I do think they'll scrape through. Yeah, I'd, in I'd, that relegation playoff, purely off the back of like when when your talismanic player Brandon Barnes gets a hat trick to elevate you to that playoff spot. I think you got a bit of momentum there. Yeah, and full credit to the Thunder for surviving because you know we talked about this relegation. This relegation battle, they had some some tough results in there. They had some good results. You know, they drew it home to Avondale, but then they lost to South Melbourne, crucial win over Packer. I mean, this relegation battle was just yeah. fascinating, fascinating. So full credit to Danny Thunder for when they needed it, and it turns out that they did because. with Kingston's huge win yeah. uh, for for being able to get the result against a tricky opponent. And the other team, so Will... Pasco, yeah, so it was Altona Magic 1, Pasco Vale 2. Now, the scenario where this was, was Pasco Vale had to win, Dandy Thunder and Kingston City. I can't remember if they had to lose or just drop points. No, they both had to lose. Both had to lose, yeah. yeah. So, again, in this game, Pasco Vale needed a win, and they got a bloody win. You know, things that we probably haven't seen them do this year is show a little bit of fight. But, yeah, Bran, you took a close look at this one. Um, to no avail in the end, but a good performance. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was the result they needed. You know, as you said, they needed a win. They got that. But, as you said, they, they still go down with, with those other results. I thought it was, yeah, as you said, a really good performance. I mean, they created heaps of, of really good chances. And, again, it was one of the one of the best games I've seen them play in quite a while. Yeah, do you think they do you think they play better in that scenario because they've kind of got the weight off of their back? It's like realistically, we can win and still go down. So let's just go out there and kind of it looked like they enjoyed their football again. Well, it's almost as if you could say that for a majority of the teams. Like Avondale played that way against yeah. ben, against Bentley. They're like, look, you know, it's out of our control. Yeah. All we need to do is just go out and play great football, and they did. The Thunder did that, and Kingston did that. So. I don't know. I don't know if, it, if if it's just the team stepping up, but like I don't know how you'd sort yeah, of characterise I mean, it. Maybe it's that I always like the dynamic of all games kicking off at the same time. I think everyone oh, who yeah, likes great. football loves yeah, that, and maybe that's what spurs that on is that ability to not play to any other performance. Because sure enough, you know, if bloody um, you know, if one of those other games, uh, you know, the Kingston City Hume City game. You know, maybe they already know that they're safe and it's fine, and so they just play out like a really boring nil-nil draw. It means that every game is exciting, except I will jump in yep. and go to the next game because that one is not exciting. Well, the one thing that I do want to go back to the other game, we weren't done on this one though. Right, well, the other thing, well, hang on, mate. So the thing for Paco though is we talked about Green Gully, how they went from fourth place to. 
sorry, from the relegation playoff to fourth place, yes. Paco have now gone from finishing fourth to finishing bottom of the league. So yeah, they were, yeah. That, so the start of the season, they looked promising. Oh, my God, it went rancid very quickly. Yeah, well, you know, Davey Van Skip, you're sort of looking there, you go, Paco, you know, they were pretty good last year, here we go, and then just torrid, 17 losses... I mean, that's that's a lot when you play 26 games to, lo- <laughs> to lose 17. Hard to survive. They only won one of their last six. The key loss, I reckon, was when they lost to the Thunder. Yeah. You know, like you lose that. That was a six-pointer and they just yeah, got beat. Yeah, well, yep. if you if, if you flip that result around, it would be Paco in the, relega- in the relegation playoff and the Thunder would be on the bottom. But tough loss for them. I think it'll be really interesting to see whether or not they can bounce back. Sort of a bigger club. They've been in the NPL for a while. Whether when they go down to the NPL 2, they'll be able to sort of rejuvenate and bounce back up or whether we'll see it kind of like the the championship, you know? Teams like Leeds, Nottingham Forest, Blackburn Rovers go down and, and struggle to make it back. So it'll be a It'll be interesting to see, no doubt. Thought we were going to get our second Branson mentions full nah. drinking rule then, but nah. no. Um, Altona weren't amazing. Game didn't mean much for them, but no, a, a, a solid year. Yeah, look, a solid year to stay out of that, to lift themselves above that sort of shit fight at the bottom. Well, is, and, is and they good. were in the finals mix for a while, mid-season oh, through there. So I just saw that that um, South Mel, oh no, they haven't put the results in yet. Sorry, I'm looking at the table. Yeah. And I thought Dandy City finished up in seven. No, they did. They no, did. because they haven't put the set. Oh no, yeah, they the did. South lost. lost. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. Oh yeah. great! So the last game of amazing. The last game to talk about is the one that was sort of a bit of a dead rubber. Port Melbourne two, Danley City yeah. three. We Both did teams safe. Both teams not pushing for finals, but I think I called it. And I'm not far off, actually. I'm about six points off. But I said that Dandy City will make the finals in our little half year appraisal. Yeah. yeah. They've definitely turned around the second half of the season. Um, look, this game was a dead rubber. Um, but a good win for Dandy City, and I think it's it's the end of a, a very tumultuous season for them. Yeah. It wasn't easy. They got a, a lot of red cards in the start. They had a lot of passion, a lot of flair, but not a lot of points. And then they've kind of turned it around. They've got, you know, those senior heads of Shantalab and um, Ognanovsky on the bench, yep. Uh, yep. you know, managing a yep. little v- bit. Valeri. Yeah, you know, they've just got... They've done enough to sort of give them a little bit of stability and yeah, all for the better. I'm well, absolutely happy that they're there. The one thing I will say about Dandy City as well is if it wasn't for the remarkable comeback that was Oakley, their 16-game unbeaten streak, leapfrogging everyone to finish third, Dandy City would be the real sort yeah. of survival comeback story of the year. I you know, like the fact exciting football as well. Well, as, think, you, well yeah. as you said, the fact that they finished seventh, and again, similar to Oakley, this was a team that was bottom nowhere for the first half of the year. So that is well, still... All the teams that we were talking about over the last couple of weeks of like, will they, won't they make the finals was South Melbourne, Port Melbourne, and Melbourne Knights. And we were like, listlessly, they all did nothing to inspire us to think they were going to make the finals. And they've all been leapfrogged by Dandy City. Yeah. Like Dandy City was going, we're just going to go out and start winning games. And yeah. So... You know, there could be so much more difference to that table if I think South Melbourne, Port Melbourne, and Melbourne Knights put up a little bit more yeah. fight. But, well, you know. well, so you mentioned the ladder, so let's just sort of take a look at it. So we had Heidelberg finish on top, Avondale in second, yeah. Oakley, as we mentioned, finished third. Absolutely remarkable yeah. that they finished that high. Gully fourth, Bentley fifth, Hume sixth, Dandy City. So that that rolls that rounds out the finals yes. positions. And when we think about it. I think the only name in that top six that really surprises me is Oakley. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like I would expect 
given the first sort of games that I saw from Gully, I would expect them to be there. Bentley as well, Hume City as well. They've had amazing cup runs as well. Yep. You know, they've been really, really good this season. Um, but Oakley just bolting into there, that's amazing. Yeah, well, I think Hume, for me, would probably be a little bit of a surprise package. And even Gully. I mean, I thought that Gully have one of the strongest teams mm. on paper. Mm-hmm. Like, I quite like their lineup on paper. But, you know, a good result for them. And then, as we were saying, Dandy City finish best of the rest. Another remarkable result for them. South, 8th. Port, 9th. The Knights in 10th. And Altona, 11th. That was a real bit of a logjam. Only, what was it, four points or five points between South and 8th and yeah. Altona in 11th. So, I mean, a lot of those teams, they'll look at it and they'll go, you know, could have been better. Literally, even if you just get a couple more draws throughout the year, you'd be in a better position. Yeah, there, yeah, you know? you know, a couple of results that could have yeah. gone their way. So, I mean, yeah. it'll be interesting to see next year as well how some of those those teams go. Respond, tr- yeah, because well, and some trying teams, to lead frog, you know? some teams from there could go up or down. Well, absolutely. Well, they all could, you know, the Knights and South. South are a we stri- say We say so many bullshit footballing statements. Oh, on this one. It's like, oh, any team could go up or down from their current position. It's like, well, yes, they could also stay in their current position. Well, absolutely. Well, it's sort of like we, we said the whole time that these teams all are sort of too flawed to make the finals. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you know, if they're, again, what a cliche, but if they're able to address their biggest flaw, they could be legit. Like South. Oh, yeah. <laughs> South are a striker away. Their leading goal scorer, we said last week, had six. I don't know yeah. if that helped. Well, they didn't score. So, yeah, their leading goal Imagine scorer. Alex Salmon or, South Melbourne. Or, or even I've heard a rumour that perhaps Bentley's Matt Fertel oh, yeah, will be South Melbourne bound. What, third or fourth in the uh, goal Yeah, I think, I think he had 15 goals this yeah. year. So, you know, South, a key striker like that. The Knights, apparently Hamish Watson is mm-hmm. on the out. So he's going to leave. So it'll be interesting to see if they can find a goal scorer. But then... Down the bottom, Dandy Thunder finishing the relegation playoff spot. One point ahead of Kingston. Kingston and Paco down automatically. Yep. Relegated despite both of them winning their final game. So that's that's how the uh, the NPL Victoria 2019 ladder shapes up. It does. And we had some WNPL as well, didn't we, Branson? Yes, we did. Heading into the last round of that, uh, Bulleen had a 2-1 victory over Calder United. Calder, top of the table. Yeah, that was a big result. Yeah. It doesn't change the table, but no. big result. No, I mean, they had it stitched up weeks yeah. ago, so the only thing that would probably hurt is, you know, it's probably... Well, a little bit of pride and heading into the finals. Yeah. You know, grand final, that's what Bulleen did last year. I think they finished third and they won the won the title. Yeah. So, if I'm called and maybe slightly concerned about that. The surprise result, though... Southern United oh, 2. Yeah. Senior NTC 3. Oh. But Southern United, two goals. Oh, Absolutely. So and, and Put that straight in the pool room. And we're uncertain here, but they may or may not have taken the lead. Yeah. So we were having to be two goals scored in the game in the, in the same, 77th minute. Yeah, so we don't know who scored first. And then, of course, we were trying to watch the game or... And then there's not a scoreboard graphic, so we don't know what the score was. Yeah, so. at any point. But anyway, unfortunate result for Southern. They did not win a single game all year. Box Hill had a 2-0 win over Heidelberg. South Melbourne, a 2-1 win over Bayside. And Geelong Galaxy, a 2-0 win over Alamein. 
And if we take a look what, at... I don't care about the table for any reason other than how many goals did Southern United ship this year? 194. So that they is did, so much. It is, but they did not crack the 200. For, they didn't crack the 200. No. Like, what was it? The reason why I started following Southern United was because they had a goal difference last year of like 160, wasn't it? Uh, you let me have that. I got it. Yeah, it was, it, was, it, was something, it was something quite terrible. So Calder United, FC Bulleen Lions, Alamein and South Melbourne... Will be the uh, the top four teams of the year, so they'll all be in the finals. Will Southern United? You've just had a look. They did concede more goals this year. Last year they shipped 188. <laughs> so this year, unfortunately, breaking breaking that record. Uh, there is. I think there's a bit of. I think they're reviewing the uh, WNPL licenses. Yeah, this they year. are. And I yep. do have a slight feeling Southern United after two years of. Two years of near on 400 goals yeah. shipped. I think yep. they've probably got their, their day in the sun up, but um, they're forever in our hearts, just not forever in the league. Yes. <laughs> uh, so it looks like South Melbourne will hold on to that last final spot, although there is one interesting thing. Heidelberg and Southern United had a game washed out, and so Heidelberg finished sixth, two points behind South Melbourne. Ooh. If Heidelberg had played that last game against Southern United, we would have we would assume that they would have won. I mean, I don't so, think that's safe. So, so I don't know how this I don't know how this works. I don't know if there's a catch-up round because the fixture seems to say that it rolls into finals. So I don't know if Heidelberg United have been robbed or if Southern I don't know. Yeah, who knows? I don't know. So I'm we'll have to I've got to keep an eye on that one because I was trying to research it today, couldn't find out. I mean, it's kind of sad though because that is a game that Heidelberg could easily score six goals in. Oh yes, Southern yeah. United would crack two hundred. Oh. So that's a really interesting Dude. one. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. Anyway, um, what about a, just just a nice easy one 0 win for Heidelberg, or even five nil? One one. <laughs> five nil. <laughs> no, because Heidelberg need a win, so you know. Anyway, um, but that's it. Well, let's just sort of wrap off part one with a bit of a congratulations to our champions. Congrat. Well, yes, let's have a cheers. Congratulations, Heidelberg. Excellent season. Well done. And also for everyone for pushing them that far. Yes. You know, there's and, a lot of drama at the top. I love it. And also congratulations to Calder United, who themselves had a stunning season. I think they only lost three games all year. Yeah. Didn't draw a single one. So they either won... Well, I mean, they won 23, which in itself is... Is remarkable. That's a great year for yep. them. Great year for for Heidelberg as well. You know, on to the cre- finals. Pretty yeah, much, full, I think. full credit to them and bring on the finals. We're looking forward to it and uh, a few spanners in the works. Who knows what will happen? Yeah, who does know what will happen? But we do know what will happen to this section of the podcast. I'm going to shut it down. We will join you back very shortly in a couple of minutes to look at part two of episode 28. Same for everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to part two of episode 28 of the Semi-Pro Potty. Welcome back to episode 29 of the Semi-Pro Potty. Fuck, is it 29? Yeah. Ah, that's crap. <laughs> the beauty of it is we could actually edit this bit out, but we're in the kind of middle bit of the podcast that's normally pretty shit in terms of content, so we're just going to let that one record on, I reckon. Well, I was going to say, I think that uh, that error is the perfect segue into That's So Semi-Professional, which is one of our favourite segments, which we're going to talk about first, and that just there is a little bit of a, a taste. Taster, yeah. Exactly. Preview, of... A little bit of a little bit of an entree. I did actually hear someone in a meeting the other day 
completely misuse a term that we use quite a lot. And so you know how when you say something's like good and you're like, oh, yeah, well done or something. This person in the meeting, after us just like kind of, I think we were planning out how to do a deployment. She just turns around and just goes, al dente. And I'm like, not what you think it means, mate. <laughs> like, you don't, al dente doesn't mean congratulations <laughs> or like, well done. <laughs> Uh, that's actually quite good. That's mm. informed. Yes, good. Excellent. Well, that sort of ties in nicely as well to what that's so semi-professional, which is the segment we're going to lead off with, what it's all about, you know, things that occur just sort of generally in the world, in particular of football, but in other instances of, what would you call it, Will? Just things that happen, you go, do you know what? That's just a little bit crap. You Basic shithouse. Yeah, so you go, that's semi-professional by nature. Stuff that, you know would not be out of place in a very semi-professional environment such as the NPL or any other. Yeah, any in other. the lower leagues. Yes. Anyway, Bram, what have you got? Kick us off. Well, I've got an interesting one. So this has sort of been a bit of a, a, hmm, a growing one for me, I would say. Western, Is it an erection? It's, well, no, it's not. No, it's not. This does not make me erect. Far from it, to, yeah. be, to, be, to, be, to be perfectly frank. It's Western United and their social media content. Uh, the A-League's newest team, of course. They've got a lot of things to set up, you know. Stadium. Like a club. Yeah, club, stadium, <laughs> yeah. roster, coaching staff, facilities. Buy the balls, print the numbers. Yeah, all that many shit. things, many things. One of the things on that list, though, is, you know, social media content. And what they've set up at the moment is, let's be well, I'll be honest, it's, it's rubbish. It's not good. Yeah. They just post a whole bunch of stuff on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. And I just look at it and go, what is this? Like, this is crap. You know, like, we could do this. Anyone could. I mean, we could do this. We have our own social media accounts. and We barely post shit to them. So, nah, like, yeah, but know, it's like, but it's like you know, shit in the glass house. Nah, but idea. you look at you look at Western United. You go, guys, you're a professional football club, and this social media content well, is exceptionally semi-professional. Featuring, featuring as a professional club in the semi-professional part of the podcast ultimately drops them down to semi-professional. Yeah, status. it should. It should. Well, see, the thing that really ground, well, ground, ground my gears, the one that mm. I saw, so it was just a classic, though. So they posted a photo, right, with a captions that read, everyone wants to see Cavello's shirt, so here it is, followed by a bunch of, like, random tags, tagging, like, at Cavello, at the A-League, or right, whatever. Way worse. But then they just posted a very boring photo of the back of the jersey. So it's like, oh, everyone wants to see his shirt, so here's a here's a photo that we took mm, I didn't for think five seconds. No, I, I, I think you're totally overrated. Nah. You're in social media land, you love it. Yeah, but I saw that and I went, that's a bit crap. And then they had, you know, the at symbol when you tag something, yeah, in the wrong place. Yeah, didn't like it. Did not like it. Put it in the bin. Um, mine, I think I saw it. I actually even made it on Fox Sports or something. I very seldom go on Facebook these days, but sounding like the old grumpy boomer that I'm probably becoming. But yeah. um, very rarely go on Facebook these days, but I did see one and it was Fox Sports had posted it and it was a missed penalty. So they've missed a penalty and then a botched clearance leads to an own goal and it's like an absolutely cracking finish. Well, yeah, so the penalty, so it's like, what, is it initially saved? Penalty's initially saved, and then it bobs out, and then the defender's running in to clear it. Yeah, tries to hoof it away. Tries to hoof it away, but kicks it with their standing leg, like they've planted their leg, and it's just cannon straight back into the goal. Well, he's blasted it, he's hit it hard. It's fucking ridiculous. Well, you watch it years ago, that's very, uh, very unfortunate. Yeah. 
Um, so that was good. What else did you have, mate? Well, I've got I've actually got three more things that I oh, saw that were quite they were quite doing. semi-professional. So let's roll through them. USM Alger, mate, one of your favourite Algerian football teams. And uh, are in my top five. Can yeah, you confirm? <laughs> top five favourite Algerian football club. Uh, one day this week, woke up, went to their stadium, and found that the stands, like the seats in their stadium, were suddenly painted in the colours of their rivals. Uh, Muludia, I think that I don't know how you say that, but I just saw that, mate. That's great banter, you know. That arch, is so good. Arch rivals, you go to their stadium in the middle of the night and you paint their entire stadium, and you go, <sighs> you just paint the seats, and you can go, we, here you go. Can we do that? I mean, it's we probably shouldn't announce it on the podcast that we're going to do be that. Evidence, yeah. But Melbourne Derby this year, yeah. That'd be great. Yeah, that'd be good. I love it. It's so good. And then there was photos of the USM Algier grounds crew just having to repaint all the <laughs> chairs. And great you go, shit house, right? Yeah, love it. I saw that. I'm like, that's pretty good. Another thing that I saw that, again, delves into the realm of professional clubs being very semi-professional, FFA Cup, Adelaide United, mm-hmm. had a bit of an oddity occur when player George Blackwood took the field with, I don't know what it was. Have you seen this photo? No, I haven't, and it's, I'm it's, surprising. So it's a I photo haven't. of him, and I've I've got a so photo watch here. Watch this game. Well, Can I he's watch this game? he's so he's he's not wearing a proper kit. So that's what's happened. So he's come onto the pitch. He's wearing an Adelaide United kit. Here's the photo, mate. So have a look at that. So by not wearing a proper kit, it doesn't have an Adelaide United badge on it. It that's doesn't so have an FFA Cup badge on it, and doesn't have any sponsors at all. It's just a plain white shirt. It's got the Macron branding on it. I like to think, you only ever wear that kit if you're making a statement. Like, if you're being like, I don't approve of our sponsor, and so I'm going to wear a sponsorless kit, it makes sense, but there's literally nothing on that kit. Well, it just seems like they've gone, oh, crap, we forgot his kit. Oh, let's use a spare. Oh, wait, actually, we don't have one. All we've got is this blank template, so... Yeah. Uh, quite weird. Saw that. You go, that was just bizarre. No badge. Bit, bit semi-professional, You're but very... it's in the FFA Cup, so it's yeah. kind of fitting. Yeah, but very semi-professional. No badge, no sponsors, no nothing. Anyway, uh, the last thing that I saw that was quite semi-professional, Clyde. Clyde FC, Scottish football team, plying their trade in the third division. Mm-hmm. During the week, last week, this week, some week, <laughs> in recent memory, their manager, don't know his name, 50-year-old guy, brought himself on as a substitute in the second half during his team's 3-1 Scottish Cup victory over a Celtic Colts that. team. We, we hear, going, I feel like we hear a story like this once a year. I just need to happen more often. It's so good. It we just, just hear that you, with joy. And you just go, I just would love to have been there at that game, sort of experiencing how does that happen, you know? Manager goes, do you know what? We're up 3-1. I'm 50 years old. On I come. So I saw that and said, do you know what? That's very semi-professional. That's all I've got, mate. Those are the those were my semi-professional things. Uh, moving on to the next segment, mate. Yeah, What's next? big fun. So being the end of the season as well, we get to announce one of the more hotly contested items this season. Throughout the season, it's been wavering in recent weeks. Well, here's the thing. So, like, the NPL, it was a contest for the Premier's plate, but the real contest was for Will's... Stomach. St- well, I was going to say Will's... Golden Wheels, $15 golden meal. Taste bud. Golden tongue? No, $15 meal challenge golden plate. 
You oh, know, yeah, the plate, plate fifteen dollar yeah, meal plate, challenge yeah. plate. I like it. You kind of jumped in, kind of ruined it, and now that I think about it, your options sounded the golden tongue sounds um, a little bit menacing. I feel. Uh, yeah, I think we're going to put that one in the bin. I don't yeah. think that one's going to catch um, on, frankly. But yes, yeah, so you had so what? Moving on. So you to, have a favourite. So I obviously have a favourite, and it's it was funnily enough the first thing that we had in the NPL. So take me back to that or that autumnal Sunday no. Friday night, yep. where we went out to our first NPL game of the season, Dandenong City, $15 there, gets you a roast pork roll and an imported beer. You cannot go wrong. Mm. That is absolutely it. It has stood out for mine. Now, I'm very excited for next season because Josh Parrish is doing the NPL food safari, and he's, he's a man cut of the same ilk as mine with food. And look, there's been some ones that have kind of topped it, Ooh, there's been some ones that have tried to top it, but yes. nothing has come close to that rose pot roll. Dandenong City wins the golden plate yep. of food, $15 meal deal challenge, yep. but... Far more illustrious than the Premier's plate. Oh, yeah. I mean, they should be happy about finishing seventh, but realistically, their finishing seventh has been overshadowed by them winning the golden plate. Well, that's a great double whammy. To it is. To finish seventh and win that. Yeah. You know? Well no, done great. to them. Congratulations. Um, so, yeah... Obviously, next season, get out there. Um, and for other clubs, I'm intrigued to see what other clubs bring to the table because mm, yep. I think there's room to move now with... What can you put together for 15 bucks? Anything vegan. You would love anything <laughs> vegan. <laughs> anything vegan that isn't potato cakes and chips. Yeah. Which, you know... I think burgers are your best bet. Yep, you could yep. easily get a vegan burger. I was a little bit surprised. I thought maybe falafel might have made an appearance you know yeah. there's a fruit a few greek clubs hume turkish you know falafel maybe turkish yeah you know yeah, falafel and hummus you, you, you know need a little bit you need a little bit more middle eastern than greek but yeah go on. but i was like you know Even i don't like, know oh, i mean you just fuck you can't even have a greek salad it's got feta in it mm. it's really hard for you there will be a day where you get something nice and vegan um the only other when one that get, i wanted when, to do when we go to forest green rovers yeah. yeah now yeah branson yeah do this every week yes you do same segment. It's called the same thing every week, and it's called Will Picks on Bran. Yeah, last week was good. Last week, last you, week was great. You, you, two movies, I'd seen both of them. Rather boring for the listeners, I imagine, but I well mean, done. most of the podcast is that. So, Branson Gibson, yep. I'm trying to give you one that I think you're going to get as well, because you're a having movie. a little bit of a week. Yep. Gladiator. Yeah, have seen. Oh, great. Have seen. Good Thoughts? film. Good film. Uh, quite like it. Quite long. Yep, don't like a good long film? Oh, no, 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 I, just, I think it's on Netflix, and I watched it, oh, actually, I don't know how long ago I watched it, but I remember watching it, and it went for two hours, and I'm like, I don't seem to remember it being this long, but yeah, do like it, Russell Crowe, great guy. I mean, I don't think he's a great guy, I'm pretty sure it was a bit of a shit house about ten years ago, but... Was he? Ah, oh, no, good film, I like it, bit of drama, bit of action, you know, the Coliseum looked great. The Coliseum did look great, apparently he was a bit of a prick on that set, though. Was he? He was, yeah, really hard to work with. But then they went on to... I can't remember who the director was, but they went on to work together on other films. So, mm. must have been that big of a prick. Now. The Emperor, whatever old mate Emperor's name is. Joaquin Phoenix. God, he's a good character in it. That's so not his name. It is. That's well, not the name of the Emperor. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Is that the actor? Yeah. Oh, because things that Bran is worse at than naming movies is is, is actors. How do, you, how do you think you'd spell Joaquin? Uh, J... O-U-Q-U-I-N? Yeah. Yeah? 
How'd you get that? Yeah. Well, oh, Brand, nice. Brand's a bit of a baseball buff, so Joaquin. Oh, okay. Joaquin, it's not an uncommon you know, name. Yeah, yeah. You know, oh. there's a few Central American players who have names similar. Oh, well, who have that name, so. Okay. Still surprised I spelled it correctly. Yeah, me too. Now, yep. Gladiator has Yeah, yep. good. Pulp Fiction. Nah, nah, definitely not. Okay. Have not seen that at so all. So what do you think Pulp uh, Fiction is about? You can ask one question, I, ha- I will give you a clue. No, I don't want a clue. So, I've I've heard many people talk about it. So, yeah, go on. <laughs> this is my for favorite. me, so I've got I've got what it should be about, and then I'll tell you that in a minute. I'll have a realistic no, guess. Do, yeah, don't do the realistic one. We want to know in your heart of hearts what is the script for Pulp Fiction. Well, no, I'll have a realistic guess, then I'll tell you what it should actually be. So, yeah. I think it's. From what I've heard, people, is it a fighty movie? I'm not going to tell you I... what you think it. I, I want you. I want you to say what you think it, it, it is. It, it seems to me like it's a fighty movie, but then I can't tell if I'm thinking of Kill Bill again, which I haven't seen. But again, I've heard about. This is great when I start comparing two movies that you I haven't seen. seen against each other. Uh, I don't know what I reckon it should be about. Is it's about a guy who owns a fruit stand, right? And he sells juice. So he sells juice to the public, right? And he prides himself on juice. He's the best. He's got the best juice in town. OJ, apple juice. Doesn't matter. Will's losing it in the background. Anyway, I'm going to keep telling my story. So he sells his juice. He prides himself on it. Then one day, a notorious, famous Instagram food blogger comes to his juice shop, has his OJ and says, nah, it's crap because there's pulp in it, too much pulp. But he knows, he knows deep down that there actually was no pulp in it. It's the perfect juice that he's mastered. So literally, the pulp that the blogger tasted was the work of fiction. She lied, or he lied. The blogger lied about the juice to damage the brand because they actually worked for a rival juice company. So, a fictitious oh, creation oh, of pop. That's what it should be. That's what it should be. I know it's oh, not. So, what's man. is it a fighty movie? No, not really. Oh, that's... I need has a it got minute. Brad Pitt in it? Man, I need a has minute. The, has it got Brad no. Pitt in it? It doesn't? Re- it's, so, there's about three storylines in it. Oh, fuck. Um, so does I need any to of them involve out. juice? Oh, fuck. I mean, there may, there's a milkshake in there, I think. Is, is Tarantino so, in it? Yeah, Tarantino directs it. He's uh, in it. He's in it as well. well I don't points. know who he is, but I've heard um, of him. So, there's Vincent Vega and Jules Winfield. So, yeah. that's John Travolta, Samuel L. Jackson. A hitman with a penchant for philosophical discussions. In this ultra-hip, multi-stand crime movie, their storyline is interwoven with those of their boss, gangster Marcellus Wallace, okay. his actress wife, Mia Wallace, Struggling boxer Butch Coolidge, Bruce Willis, master fixer Winston Wolf, Harvey Keitel, and a nervous pair of armed robbers, Pumpkin, yeah. Tim Roth, and Honey Bunny. Yeah, great. Close. Oh, man. Fuck, you think it's actually about juice. Pulp Fiction. No, I knew it wasn't about juice, but it should be. It oh, should be. I reckon that would be far better. Oh, man, I need a minute. Yeah. I really need a minute. That was Well, really I'll good. give you a minute, because what we're going to talk about now oh. is moving right along, what we liked. So, a couple of things that I saw that I liked. I'll get the ball rolling. Charlton's Lyle Taylor scored a, pen- oh, yes. scored a penalty the other weekend against Barnsley, and I like it, because this is possibly the most baller penalty I reckon I've seen. big dick energy so, penalties. You know how David, David Louise has, what is it, like his super wrong... Super wrong, super long run penalty yeah, free yeah. kick runner where he runs from about twenty years, twenty yards. He just storms through and he blasts it. This guy went for the absolute opposite. He 
starts from outside the box and literally just strolls, just casually walks up to the ball, walks up the entire way, and you're like, well, this is a bit baller. And then he walks, and then he just dispatches it. And you go, gee whiz. It's not a shit way to take a penalty, though. It's, it was always... I remember, like, Lucas Neal used to take his penalties off two steps. And this is another one where... But the only you know, thing is that he takes a long run-up but walks it. Mm. Like, he probably can generate the same power of two steps, but he's decided to walk for a good 10 to 15. Yeah, strokes. like, baller. Because it's, it's sort of like the... It's, it's the same as the Panenka, where it's like, if you get this wrong, you look like a right dickhead. I, so, just can't, I still can't get over Pulp Fiction, so it's so yeah. good. Anyway, are you going to talk about what you like, yeah, or am yeah, I going to yeah. go really, again? No, really good one. Really good one this week. Uh, tweet, actually, I think it was this morning, from Tony Pasoglia. I can't remember his Instagram handle, um, but you'll see it. We'll probably retweet it. It's probably not a bad idea, and I look at Branson while I say that, because I'd like for him to retweet it. Um, he's collated, uh, he's set up a website, he's done a lot of hard work at collating a record of the top flight football in Victoria since 1991. So that's like a long, that's a long time to go through the records. So he has collated records for all 3,218 players that have appeared in Victorian football. Um, They're referees as well, 129 referees. Uh, I think he looked at clubs, I think 31 of them. Um, And he's importantly got all the goals, red cards, yellow cards, you know, appearances. appearances and stuff like that. Um, And he's got photos for as many players as he can get and everything, and... We, I know that you've started reading um, Joe Gorman's Life mm-hmm. and Death of Australian Football, and you know that book doesn't get written now without people in the sixties and seventies collating records of things and yeah. and you know I think maintaining the records of, of football. And so you know, I have to say one thing that I really liked is that there are people out there doing that now because it's one of those ones where you don't probably, I think, growing up as a kid, you don't think to sort of collate these things but I'm really glad that people do because it means that we've got it we've got it on file now it's, it's there we're not going to lose yeah. it it's more information than we had this morning and it's there so that's really good stuff well it's fantastic I had a look at it, at it today and it's spectacular it's great the one thing I will say though it hasn't got any of the stats from 2019 in it yet so it's not like up to date in terms of this yeah. year if you want up to date but, though, you, you listen to the Sammy Pro Potty well absolutely but <laughs> but in terms of backstory and stuff like yeah. it was fantastic so I just like had a plug in and I, I, so I put up Liam Boland right yeah. because he finished as the runner up I'm like oh I wonder how many goals he scored in his home in Victoria and it's got his his tally from last year yeah. the year before you know the last five years and you go like this is fantastic and you know I just plugged in random players who I could think of and, and, and they're and all there it was great there. no it was fantastic love it very much love it um uh- what else? Do you want to do one of yours and then I'll do one of mine? Yeah, one that I liked uh, was just Coventry City's yeah, comeback tasty. against Portsmouth. So, love it. Coventry City took the lead in the third minute, then found themselves down 3-1. Very unfortunate to make the comeback a little bit harder. They were down to how many? Uh, down to nine men and then ended up tying the game 3-3. Down 3-1, down to nine men. Comeback, force a 3-3 draw. Remarkable right. comebacks. Come back. Combucks. Come back. So I saw that result and I went, that was pretty darn good. I yeah, loved it. Yeah, that was sick. I had one this week. I posted it on my own Instagram account, but it's the outline. The outline's a really good um, sort of pop culture and politics news source in America. They're definitely very, like, left sort of, you know, left of centre kind of stuff. Um, they had a really good article on VAR. And... 
they obviously being an American outlet do not write about soccer much but they wrote about this and what I really liked about it was they didn't just talk about it they talked about it from two really interesting angles one was that it was taking the fun out of football you know that constant pursuit of perfection takes the fun out of it it takes that human element out of it that we don't like and also just the the greater social side of what happens to society when we place more importance on systems than people and and it was a really interesting one because I think like we can look at VAR and be like oh it ruins football but it also does kind of change society and how we how we start to put too much emphasis on technical systems mm. to get to be impartial and to be correct yeah. instead of the nuance of some sort of human decision being well, made. And it, I really like it. It was an interesting take because it sort of looked like it, the overall philosophy as a whole. It's like when you start talking about like you know electronic calendars that you've got on your phone and Google Docs and yeah. the cloud you and know that, you know that I love and... technology, but it's one of the things where they're talking about. You know, it's um, it's one of those ones where we you need the combination of I think humans and sort of robots to get that sort of balance of you know specificity but then also that empathy of a human so i really like that have a read of it it's not a long read but it's really well done branson fucking hell everyone ladies and gentlemen get ready to drink yeah branson is talking about fulham you bet we are so fulham during the week had a spectacular 4-0 win over london rivals millwall it was spectacular for many reasons scoreline obviously cavello Scored, Mitrovic scored, knockout scored. It was just the bloody best. But Fulham, and this will impress you, mate, had a, a mighty 84.5% of possession for that game. That's ridiculous. That is a lot. Like, 845 How many goals did you score? Uh, four. Only four? Yeah. Wow. Uh, but it's the Do other... Are they refunding tickets for supporters because nah. they only scored four? Well, so Fulham had 84.5% of possession. They also completed 934 passes in that one game alone, which is more than... Well, hang on, the listeners care. Which is more... So they recorded more completed passes in one game against Millwall than Wigan Athletic, Cardiff City and Millwall have completed over their four championship matches so far. Fulham! Up the Fulham! Come on! And then we backed that up with a disappointing 2-1 loss to Nottingham Forest. But I liked that. Alright, moving on. I've got three... Four, actually. Four four very quick yes or no questions for you. Yes or no with a little bit of an explainer. Question one. Yes or no, are Oakley the most dangerous team in the finals? You are... That's not the That's yet. neither. So is we it? yeah, so we need a yes or a no. Are Oakley the most dangerous team That's in the so finals? Weird. Okay, so I wouldn't want to they're the team that I would like to play the least. So by that token, yes. Mm. But you know, Heidelberg have been there, they've sort of done that, they're pretty good. Like I just feel like there's gotta be some end to this Oakley saga. Well let's not forget <laughs> as well, Oakley finished they made the finals last year yeah. as well. So, yeah. you know, like okay, they didn't not, yeah, as high, not, not, anyway. not as high as Bentley yes. Avenel. Yes, most dangerous yes, team in the... I do think Oakley are the most okay. dangerous team in the finals. Uh, will Bentley, they take on Green Gully, will Bentley win? Mate, we're coming up to the preview section like in a bit. Yeah, like, well, well yes or no. Well, Bentley, they've been falling like a stone. Do you reckon they'll win a final? Yes or no? Against Green Gully? No. But I think I think it'll go to penalties. Okay, what about Avondale? Will Avondale win a final? No, I think they've had the the, the wind knocked out of their socks. You I reckon? Know they you don't played, reckon? It, I know they played well this week, but 
few players back yeah. from injuries. Do you reckon they've got a chance or? They always have a chance because it's a game where there is two teams playing it and there has to be a result. Mm. So by that token, you know, England had a chance of winning the test two days ago and lo right. and behold, here we find ourselves. Yeah. So I... I ooh, who are they playing? Who are Abendale playing? Well, we don't know yet because yeah, the, they'll, uh, they'll play the highest the ranked remaining yeah. team, yes. Uh, highest ranked remaining team so could, could be but, Oakley. Yeah, yeah no. Yep. Yeah, no. All right, last one. Yeah. Uh, Heidelberg United won the title. Did they sort of Stephen Bradbury it? No, where, not even slightly. You don't nah, reckon where nah, Avondale just completely fell over? Or? No, because I think Heidelberg did well to be at the pointy end of the season for genuinely most of the season. Mm-hmm. You know, they never they they were never outside the final spot. They didn't do a massive charge like Oakley. At least I don't think they were ever outside the final spot. Uh, I don't believe so. No, at me if I'm wrong because I often am. Um, I don't think they did because I think what they did was they knew that you don't win it in the first half of the season and they just won important games towards the end like and, they just won important games so I, I think they absolutely earned it I don't think they were winners by any any volition of someone else's well I think if you know we're using the Bradbury analogy my own analogy I reckon what they did is if Stephen Bradbury was second and then tripped the guy who was in first from behind with five meters to go to steal the win, time, to steal home, the win. Yeah, then that, that's kind of what they did. Well, they were sort of there the whole time, and then I mean, they the picked big, their games to win. Well, like the, the Avondale game to win was the best game to yeah, win because well, it was a six pointer. Well, everything on the line, and and they got it done. So yeah. very nice. Moving on very quickly to the. FFA Cup, because the FFA Cup... I liked the FFA Cup last yep. week. I thought it had some absolutely outstanding results in it. Yep, some some big games. That Edgeworth versus Newcastle Jets game was great, um, purely because... Uh, what's his face? Uh, um, the, I, I don't know his name. I don't know the commentary Fox Sports pundit. What do you know? Who scored a fucking banger? Oh yeah, he is. He's yeah. a pundit. Yeah, I think I think he he like does stuff I've in got Newcastle. Patrick or... Swansby in my mate in my mm. mind, but that's the Central Coast player. Um, no, what is his name? Oh, that's so annoying. Ah, ass. Um, yeah. Anyway, we get past that one. Oh well. McBreen. Um, yeah, Daniel McBreen yes. scored at forty-two years old. Yep. Uh, I think that's one of the oldest goals. Yep. in Australian football. An absolute bloody banger. Unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately, though, it wasn't enough. They lost 5-1 to the Newcastle Jets. Melbourne City had a 2-1 win over the Marconi yeah. Stallions. Adelaide United had a very entertaining game. Um, so, they're through, though. It's kind of an annoying one because they were kind of never really in out of control of it, but, you know, they... Well, they, they took the lead make. twice, e- yeah. and Olympic equalised twice. Eventually, Blackwood's jersey-less, or shirtless... Jersey-less. Whatever you want to call body it. Body put it in the <laughs> yeah. back of the yeah. big net. converted a penalty, so they beat Olympic 3-2, and then Moreland Zebras. Absolutely. from NPL 2, absolutely killing it. Four, Love it. 4-0 win over Magpies Crusaders. They are the first ever NPL 2 team to reach the quarterfinals. Amazing. Amazing. And, like, to be fair, they did get... I reckon they got quite a, a, a favourable draw, you know, in terms of, like, in the first round they, they had Boleyn and another NPL team... Yeah. Who the MPL two team who they got over the top of Magpies Crusaders? We had a look at them on the ladder last week. They're like second bottom relegation. Yeah, yeah they're getting hammered. But you know, I mean, to their credit, they you can only beat who's in front of you, and they've beat both of them, and now they're in the quarterfinals. So superb result for them. 
taking a look as well because we've got the NPL, uh, not the NPL, the FFA Cup next week. Oh, sorry, this week, this Wednesday, we've got a few games coming up. Yeah, good one in Adelaide. We've got Adelaide Olympic hosting the Doherty Cup champions, Hume City. Um, not ideal timing for that game for Hume City, given that they've got some finals football to come home to. Mm-hmm. But um, it'll be interesting to see how they go in that cup. Um, Brisbane Raw will host Central Coast in a game that is a pre-season A-League friendly, and I don't care for them. I hate that A-League teams play against each other in this point, but it's good to knock them out. But no, it's like, uh, no, this is fine. I reckon I reckon it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Um, Brisbane Strikers, though, versus Manly United. That'll be good. Um, and the big one. Sydney United, Western Sydney Wanderers. Many, Spicy. many, many flares. So many. Many. So many flares. Many. Pain. That's what we go for. <laughs> anyway, ladies and gentlemen, join us back in a couple of minutes. We'll go through part three, the preview section, where we actually preview the finals coming up this weekend and give our match of the round predictions. Welcome back to part three of episode 29, Branson. 29. Of the semi-pro potty. Third time's a charm. Nailed it. All right, let's jump into it. We have got two games this week. Two games. We're getting to the pointy end of the season, my friend. Saturday at 3pm at Green Gully Reserve will be Green Gully hosting Bentley Greens. Now, Branson, we spoke about this one before. What are your thoughts on this? I reckon Green Gully will win. Mm-hmm. Are, Bentley just seem they seem cooked. They just don't seem as organised. They don't seem as competent. You know, perhaps for lack of a better word, they just they they seem very vulnerable. They are not entering this game with any sort of form. I reckon. I reckon this is Gully's to win. Gully have had a strong finish to the year. They're We're at set, home. They've yeah. got Alex Salmon with the golden boot. I don't think this is going to be as straightforward as. You think it is? No, I no, think I, I think, think it's going to be a little bit tense, but... and, and tense and nervy, and I do think we might actually get some extra time in this one. Yeah, I just, I, I, I'm, I'm taking Gully. I think they've got a better lineup on paper, and and Bentley's form is not going to no. help them out at all. The other game later on that Saturday, seven thirty p.m. at Jack Edwards Reserve, Oakley Cannons taking on Hume City. Will Oakley sixteen wins? Sorry, not 16 wins. 16 games, undefeated, coming yeah. into the final. At home. Will they extend that streak? 100%. I think Hume City will win the FFA Cup on Wednesday. Yeah. But I don't think that they will not win the FFA Cup. They will win their match in the FFA Cup round of 16. Yep. Round of 16? Uh, yes. yes. Yeah. Um, round of 16 match, but it'll be a little bit too much for them. Oakley Cannons will win that one, I think, pretty comfortably. But, you know, two really good elimination finals. We've also got... A round of WMPL as well. I think they're in their final round. Yes, we were talking before, and we did sort of, sort of, kind of hint that it might have already been done. But we do have one more round. We've got Bayside taking on Alamein, South Melbourne taking on Heidelberg United, Geelong Galaxy taking on Calder, FC Bulleen Lions taking on Senior NTC, and Box Hill United taking on Southern. Yeah, so pretty they... much most of the table is locked down, I believe. Calder are obviously out in front. There is one, I think it's the um, Alamein South Melbourne. No, oh, fine. The South Melbourne Heidelberg. If Heidelberg win, they will jump south, but then yeah. Heidelberg still have 
that game in hand. So whether or not they'll actually get to play that or not, I don't know. But South Melbourne against Heidelberg, that in itself is its own little finals preview right there. Sweet. That's pretty much us done, isn't it? We've only got two matches to go through. Done the FFA Cup, done the WNPL, we've done the NPL. We're done. Woof! And we talked about Fulham. We did twice. Not enough. For those of you drinking at home. Not enough. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm at Chambershire on Twitter and Instagram. Branson, you are at Branson Gibson on one and at Gibbo36 on the other. I can't remember which order that one goes in for Twitter and Instagram, but... Yep. Um, you know, just at mention us pretty much in any hate speech towards us that you have. Yep. Um, it's been a pleasure going through this episode with you, ladies and gentlemen. Please enjoy the finals because we're at the pointy end of it now. Looking forward to another excellent weekend of football. Thank you for joining us on episode 29 of Semi Pro Podcast.